Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. I was struggling to write this episode, so I turned to poetry for inspiration. The poem was Maya Angelou's Caged Bird. It is a poem that sounds like an allegory to the victims of morbid jealousy, the kind of extreme jealousy I can only assume Elizabeth Hewlett struggled with for years, the kind of jealousy I grew up seeing firsthand. My father constantly questioned my mother over her whereabouts, he did it when she returned from food shopping or picking me up from school or returning from her long hours of work at the local sewing shop. She was a seamstress by trade. When her answers weren't to his satisfaction, he'd stand on a corner with a pair of binoculars watching her comings and goings. My father must have thought he was invisible, but I saw him many times, and every time I did, I felt embarrassed for him and disgusted by his behavior. I may have only been ten, but I knew exactly what he was up to. When my mother had had enough of his accusations and his innuendos, she beat him with a wiffle ball bat. I was standing in the doorframe of our apartment unseen by either of them as I watched my kneeling father beg my mother to stop. She was mentally completely out of reach and unwilling to bargain with her accuser. It was the first time I had seen a grown man cry while trying to fend off a savage beating. They never knew I'd seen what I'd seen. Years later, while in my forties, I became a direct victim of this kind of morbid jealousy. What happened to me? All oh, my wallets and cell phones were searched when I was around, female co-workers, friends, and passers-bys became suspects. If a woman happened to walk by me, I was accused of leering at her like a pervert. Unable to stand any more of the accusations and innuendos myself, I bailed out of the sick relationship as fast as I could. It took a lot of willpower to run. For a whole year, I believed if I just hung in there, things would change for the better. Everybody has a breaking point. My mother had hers, I had mine, and Elizabeth Hewlett had hers. Elizabeth Hewlett was the ring manager and real-life wife of Randy the Macho Man Savage. Wrestling fans the world over knew her as the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth Ann Hewlett was born on November 19, 1960, in Frankfort, Kentucky. You could hear the southern accent in her soft speaking voice whenever she was allowed to utter a few words. You'd have to listen to her dulcet southern tones on YouTube when she was an announcer for the fledgling ICW wrestling organization in Kentucky. Her role during many a Macho Man promo was to stay silent 
and stand by her man. Randy and Liz first met in a Kentucky gym, where their romance blossomed and turned into matrimony. By 1985, the married couple had made their way to the WWF, and Miss Elizabeth was now a prominent part of the Macho Man storyline. Thing was, Elizabeth played fan favorite to Randy's chauvinistic villain. You could see it in fan posters like, Elizabeth is more macho than Randy, and no way to treat a lady. Fans couldn't get enough of her. She was the epitome of the Southern Belle, classy as classy can be, charming and elegant. No wonder she was called the First Lady of Wrestling. This was back in the day, before showing lots of cheesecake and wrestling was in vogue always wearing classy woman's clothing, and always respectable, Miss Elizabeth captured the hearts of many fans, including mine. I had such a crush on her growing up. I hated the way Macho Man Savage treated her. But that was the point, right? That, that was the genius behind Vince McMahon's storyline. Fans hated Macho Man's caveman treatment of Elizabeth so much, he became the ultimate villain. The jealousy and outright abusiveness Macho Man displayed toward Elizabeth riled up the fans as much as anything else the Macho Man can do to her. But how much of this gimmick was actually real? Wasn't this just a case of art imitating life? It turns out that that may have actually been the case. During one of the many late-night TV show skits the WWF was fond of aping, Vince McMahon introduced Randy and Liz as one of the most unique guests because the manager of the wrestler is more popular than the wrestler. Randy comes out onto the stage and rips up a Hulk Hogan poster. Elizabeth, in a sparkling purple dress and matching gloves, apologetically looks on as the poster pieces flutter about and the audience boos. When they're seated, McMahon plays up the storyline and goads Randy by saying, Do you take offense by the fact that the vast majority of fans certainly, well, they applaud Elizabeth and many boo you? Do you take exception to that? To which Randy replies, This lady right here, this woman right here, is a macho man Randy Savage's property. Nobody messing with the macho man, Randy Savage's property, as minute as he is to macho madness. Yeah, no one messes with my property. Take that as you will. An act that adheres to the storyline Vince concocted or a glimpse into the real-life nature of Randy and Liz's relationship, there is no doubt... This is a shocking attitude to hear nowadays. Just look at Elizabeth's face as Randy points to her when he says property for the first time. Is she acting? I don't know. I see the sting of that description in her reaction. I see hurt. I see reality biting me in the ass. Do you? According to hearsay, 
Randy Savage was just as jealous in real life as he was in the ring. Word is he kept Miss Elizabeth locked in the dressing room for hours at a time when he wasn't with her to prevent other wrestlers from approaching her. I heard this during shoots by Bobby Heenan and Bret Hart. Both wrestlers openly stated Randy was very much the jealous Neanderthal he played in the wrestling ring. Listen to Bret Hart as he spills his take on the nature of the Randy and Liz relationship. Yeah, Randy had Liz love, kind of living a life like a bird in a cage, you know. He, you know that's really what it was. He was super, super jealous. The character that he played, where he would play that he was really jealous, that, that's a real character. You know, I've seen Randy go off because um, somebody looked at Liz or someone. You know, and I, you know, I always wondered because I was like, I looked at her lots and I never had any problem with him, you know. And, then, and he, and me and Randy always got along good. But sometimes he would just go off on some guys, you know, and he had a real problem with stuff like that. And, you know, and I think Liz, Liz may be tired of some of that. And I, I can't say, as far as I know, being around both of them, they were always uh, a good team. And uh, when they split up, I never felt that they were the same without each other. They were always kind of a little, kind of lost. I believe Bret Hart, but I don't know if this is the truth. Many wrestlers have asserted the same. You could certainly see how this kind of jealous behavior can drive a wedge between a couple. I have certainly seen it. The word is Elizabeth Hewlett made her break from Randy in 1992 when she went to live with Hulk Hogan and his wife, seeking refuge from her sheltered existence with Savage. One year after their on-screen marriage ceremony during SummerSlam 1991, Randy and Elizabeth finalized their divorce. Long hours on the road, a partying lifestyle, and Randy's constant jealousy in and out of the ring had finally taken its toll on their real-life six-year marriage. Elizabeth Hewlett, once the caged bird, was free to be herself. In the mid-1990s, Liz and Randy reunited in the WCW, where Liz was once again Randy's manager. As short-lived as that reunion was, it served as the meeting ground for Liz and Lex. Lex is Lex Luger, the blonde-haired, muscle-bound wrestler once thought to be natural heir apparent to Hulk Hogan. Their relationship proved to be as destructive as that of Liz and Randy. Rumors of alcohol and drug abuse by Lex and Liz ran rampant in wrestling circles. Rumors culminated with the actual demise of Elizabeth Hewlett. And she was found dead on May 1st, 2003 at Lex Luger's home in Marietta, Georgia of a drug and alcohol overdose. She was only 42 years old. Because a few weeks earlier, police had responded to the Luger residence as a result of an alleged altercation between Liz and Lex, a blackened eye and Elizabeth was attributed to the earlier altercation. Lex Luger has denied the claim, attributing Elizabeth's blackened eye to a freak dog-walking accident Liz suffered while walking their dogs. I don't know what to believe. You can make a determination for yourself. What I will say is this, Elizabeth Hewlett was a huge part of Randy Savage's success. She and the Macho Man brought a pageantry to wrestling that hadn't existed before, 
It was the closest thing to a Camelot as wrestling could ever have. It was Beauty and the Beast. Frog and Prince rolled into one. It made for great storytelling, great drama, and even better wrestling. The sad part is that it ended tragically for real. And now, for the first lady of wrestling, for a lady she truly was, The Caged Bird, by Maya Angelou, read in the voice of Alan Rickman. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream to the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms wading on a dawn-bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped, and his feet are tied. So he opens his throat to sing. You've been listening to Wrestling with Heels On, only on the Sports History Network. Join me in two weeks, maybe, as we take another stroll down Villainy Lane. Adieu, First Lady of Wrestling. Adieu. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mork here, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.